welcome to Rwanda, land of a thousand hills. Good morning. I want to welcome all of our campuses joining us around New Jersey. Would you say hi to all the folks joining us on video or church online? We're glad you guys are with us today. I should say Maraho. That's how they say hello in Rwanda. And what we want to do is just kind of take you on a little trip this morning uh, to a place where our church has its heart overseas. It's to Africa, to a little country that's making a world of difference. That country's name, kind of funny to say, but you'll enjoy saying it. It's called Rwanda. Can you say that? Rwanda. Well, our church has been sending teams there for the last two years to bring clean drinking water to thirsty kids and families uh, in Rwanda. I mean, that's something that you or I take for granted, right? You and I get thirsty. You just grab a bottle of Poland Spring or Aquafina. Mm. Cheers, right? But, but in Rwanda, this is gold. See, right now, 663 million people on the planet lack access to safe, clean drinking water. That's one in 10 of us, so count down 10, you don't get clean water. Uh, today on your way in, you probably had a chance to see our Clean Water Cafe, where we're serving today fresh Rwandan coffee from farm in Rwanda to your table at the cafe at your campus. And you also probably saw what are these jerry cans. These are called jerry cans. And in Africa, Rwanda, this is what they use to carry water for their families. Well, the nation of Rwanda has an inspiring goal. They want to become the first country in the history of Africa with 100% access to clean water. They call Rwanda the land of a thousand hills. Here's why. It's made up of mountains, and our teams have spent dozens of hours in the back of a Land Rover, up and down, up and down, kind of crisscrossing this beautiful country. And today, I want to give you a little taste of what we discovered. It, this is a story. It's a story about um, water and desperation, and it's a story about coffee and redemption. Even more exciting, some of you are going to have the chance to travel to Rwanda in 2018 as part of a clean water team. But today, I want to take you on a little road trip, and our road map is, is God's Word, as always. So if you have a Bible, you can open to the book of Genesis. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 21, and uh, you might flip there in your phone. You have an app. But this is a passage that God gave me the first time I went to uh, Rwanda. It's a 17-hour it's a flight, by the way. you got a lot of time to read and think. <laughs> and I had a simple prayer flying in. I said, Lord, help me see what you see. Break my heart with what breaks yours. And that's a dangerous prayer. You ever pray that? And before we land in Kigali, God led me to, to the story in Genesis 21. It's a story of a little boy named Ishmael and his mother, Hagar. And, and basically, Ishmael was Abraham's first son, born to Hagar, his wife's servant. This is the background. It's a little bit of soap opera. God promised Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you into many nations, a big family. But there was one problem. His wife couldn't conceive. They had fertility issues. So she gave her servant girl, Hagar, to her husband. And Hagar gave birth to this little boy named Ishmael. Problem was, when Sarah gave birth to a kid named Isaac, they got jealous. And so they tried to kick Hagar and Ishmael out of the tribe. And this is where this story in Genesis 21 picks up. Here's where we're at. This little boy and his mom are being sent away, banished to the desert on their own. Genesis 21 verse 14 says this. Early the next morning... Abraham took some, let's do this, let's read all the words in yellow out loud together, took some food and a skin of water 
and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders, then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. But now watch. When the water in the skin was what? Gone. She put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bowshot away because she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to what? Sob, yeah. This is a desperate situation. This is a mother and her child living in poverty in a desert place. They run out of water. And when dehydration happens, it's the kids who suffer first. Her son, her little boy, is literally dying of thirst. And she says, I, I can't watch the boy die. I can't watch my son die. And, and she begins to literally weep. This is a mother's heart, yeah? I mean, moms and dads, imagine I told you your son or daughter aren't going to get water this week. And by Friday, they're going to be dying. They're going to be one of the one in ten who lack drinking water. It breaks your heart, but here's the thing. Someone else is listening. It breaks somebody else's heart, too. Look what it says in verse 17. God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. Let's read this. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I'm going to make him into what? A great nation. One of the things you'll notice about the God of the Bible is he is not a vindictive God. He's not a petty God of retaliation. He's a God of outrageous grace and compassion. He has great mercy and love, especially for those who are suffering, particularly children. And when he sees that, he's moved to action. God sees this little boy about to die from thirst. His mom's crying and God's heart is broken. He says, I see your tears. And I'm not just going to provide a drink for you. I'm going to provide you a future. I am going to make you into a great nation. You have a destiny. And so God is saying, I'm going to take an afflicted person and I'm going to bless nations through them. And here is the verse that opened my eyes in Rwanda, verse 19. Then God opened her eyes and she saw what? A well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up. Don't miss this. What's the sign of God's outrageous mercy and grace and compassion in the Old Testament? He provided a water well so one thirsty child could have clean water. And Ishmael not only survived, he thrived. He became ancestor of many Arab nations that are still flourishing today. Guys, I think this scripture in Genesis 21 directly connects to our global mission in Rwanda. I mean, like the setting here in Genesis, Rwanda is a dry place. This is sub-Saharan Africa. Locals say, Tim, we have three seasons. We've got rainy season, we've got dry season, and we've got really dry season. <laughs> when the mountain springs dry up and the water becomes scarce. Do you know what the most precious commodity is in Africa on the whole continent? It's not gold. It's not silver. It's not diamonds. It's this, drinking water. In Africa, they have a saying, water's life. In fact, a matter of life and death. Right now, 40% of Rwanda lacks access to clean drinking water, especially the rural areas. And so I prayed while I was there. I was like, God, Genesis 21, you opened Hagar's eyes and I, I see Ishmael. Would you open my eyes and help me see one child to understand your heart and make this personal? And that's when we met Margarita. Our truck was approaching Gashar. It's a little village on the outskirts of the Nyanza district. And, and we got out of the truck and there she was, 11 years old. She was the same age as my son at the time. And she was carrying one of these like she has for for a decade to fetch water for her family. That's where she gets the water. That, that swamp there is just runoff from the mountain. 
And uh, she makes the long walk, a couple miles, to her family's farm with this. It's a walk that Margarita has made thousands of times, five times a day. And so through our translator, we said, could we, could we walk along with you? But Margarita's shy. She, she doesn't like to talk too much. And she kind of looked at our translator, and she quietly said, Yego, which means yes. So this is a traditional water source in the village of Gasharu in the Ruhanga district of Rwanda. And as you can see, she's filling up her jerry can. In America, when we want a glass of water, we turn on the tap, it comes right out. But here in Gasharu, this is what they drink. Margarita is making a head wrap out of her scarf, and that's to cushion the weight of the jerry can on her head. The jerry can carries about five gallons of water. That's 40 pounds to you and me, and it is heavy. But every day, Margarita makes the walk for clean water. Every day in Rwanda, children walk miles, some of them three and four hours to fetch water, dirty water for their families that they know will make their family sick, but they have no other choice. This is Margarita, and she's walking all the way from the traditional water source down the hill, up the hill in this land of a thousand hills. But we are gonna saturate this country by God's grace. Our goal is to give girls like Margarita water for life in Jesus' name. You know what's even more beautiful than the country of Rwanda? It's people. Especially Margarita, I actually now have a picture of her on the, the wall of my office next to my own children. I wanted that to remind me every time I get a drink of water, I think about what she goes through. I think of that murky swamp where for 50 years her village has been drawing water full of bugs and scum and insects. It's actually the same pond that the farmers use to water their cows and their goats who defecate in the water and turn it toxic, full of parasites and worms. I said, well, how does this happen? And the mothers there, they, they pointed to their kids. They said, we have no choice. Can you imagine giving your daughter this to drink? You won't be surprised to learn. At any given time, half of the world's hospital beds right now are filled with people made sick by waterborne illness. Children are especially vulnerable. Here's where Margarita lives normal is chronic diarrhea, dysentery, cholera, worms, and parasites. This week, while we celebrate Thanksgiving, maybe you went to work or, or school on Thursday and Friday, that same time period, 30,000 children died from dirty water. Majority, children under five years old. To put that in perspective, diseases from dirty water kill more kids every year than all forms of violence, including war and terrorism. So this is a global epidemic, guys. Now, I, I mean, we all know where you live, shouldn't determine whether you live, but it does, doesn't it? So I, I took a walk with Margarita. I literally got to walk a mile in her shoes, and let me tell you, it was tough. 
When this thing's full, it weighs about 40 pounds. It's five gallons in a jerry can. And you saw Margarita carries it on her head. So I tried to carry it on my head, but I have big hair. So just kind of kept falling off, you know, and I'm getting it all over. And the women in the village are pointing and they're kind of laughing. And they're going, Mzungu, Mzungu, Mzungu. And I'm thinking they mean, you know, balance it, balance it. And our translator said, no, 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 Tim, it means white dude. Yeah? <laughs> right? You know, we laugh, but in Africa, women and girls like Margarita spend 40 billion hours a year collecting water. See, Margarita doesn't go to school. This is her job. She makes that walk five times a day and sacrifices her education, her health, and her future for water that's gonna make her family sick. Why? She has no other choice. She has no way of getting the fresh, clean water that runs about 500 feet under her feet. <laughs> so together, we walked hand in hand up the hill to her father's farm. It's a, it's a humble dwelling with two cows, and this is Margarita's dad. He's such a, amazing. He's very, very proud of her. Like Ishmael, Margarita is his firstborn child. And I asked him through our translation, I said, hey, could I, could I share your, your Margarita's picture and, and the story about your family with our church back in New Jersey? And he said, on one condition, if you promise to return and bring clean water to our family in our village. And so we looked at our translator and we quietly said, Yego, which means yes. Friends, this is the global vision of Liquid Church. It's to bring Margarita and thousands of children like her clean water for life in Jesus' name. We want to do for her family what God did for Hagar's in Genesis 21. Then God opened her eyes and she saw what? A well of water. And so we promised right there to install Liquid's first water well in Rwanda, right there in Margarita's village. And guys, today at our, our grand opening, I am proud to report because of your generosity, and dedication. The liquid drill rig has now completed 61 wells in Rwanda. That's incredible, guys. Great job. You guys did that. You guys did that. Our dream is for every man, woman, and child to have clean water for life in Jesus' name. We say that in Jesus' name. It's important because it's Christ who inspired us to do this. See, we don't, we don't bring clean water because we're humanitarians. Or like, oh, you have a church full of good people. You haven't met everybody, okay? <laughs> we, we don't do this because we're good people. We do it because we're God's people, yeah? We're Jesus' people. And here at Liquid, we take the Bible very seriously, you know? Like, oh, they take the Bible literally. Yeah, it was nine years ago that we read the words of Christ in Matthew 10. Jesus said, if anyone gives what? Say it together. A cup of cold water to one of these little ones, they will not lose their reward. And we took Christ's words to heart. You should know that about liquid people. We, we take the Bible seriously. We actually do what it says. And it's more than social justice. This is faith in action. It's traveling to the end of the earth to bring clean water in the living water, the gospel of Jesus, that saves both body and soul together. Amen? And let me tell you something. Yeah, you get excited? Let me tell you. In Rwanda, when people receive that gift, they rejoice because they know they've not been forgotten that God hears their cries, that God is for them and with them. Just ask the villagers in Ruhango <laughs> when they received a new water well. When we arrived, the entire village came out to celebrate. And let me tell you something, Rwandans know how to party. Watch this.
district of eastern Rwanda where the entire village has come out. This clean water well, it's a hand pump well, it serves 600 households. This is just about two years old and the community has come together. They've saved about $500, which is an extraordinary amount in, in, uh, here in Rwanda. And that allows them to do maintenance and repairs. So there's ownership of the entire community here. And this is fresh, clean, filtered drinking water. Safe for the children and all the families in Ruhango. Clean water is cause for celebration in Rwanda. Let me tell you what that does. It changes life as they know it. That well that you guys sponsored costs about $10,000 and it serves 600 people water for life. You know what happens when a village gets clean water? Life changes forever in five ways. First, that walk for water that used to take three hours now takes 10 minutes because we put the well next to a school and a church and it's right there for the community. The second thing that happens is disease rates get cut in half because we do sanitation training. We actually teach about hand washing and how germs are transferred and, and we actually build latrines. It's a comprehensive program. Uh, the third thing that happens, and this is important, <laughs> is typically a local woman forms the water committee responsible for protecting and caring for the new well. And this is a big deal in Africa because Africa is a patriarchal culture typically in these regions. And this often is the first time they have ever seen a woman in a position of leadership and influence over the entire village. So it changes that perspective. And here's the coolest part. Your kids, they end up spending more time in school. They actually go to school and get an education because they're no longer sick. They graduate to become nurses and doctors and teachers and business owners. And then finally, it's the best part. The village next door typically sees what happens, says we want that for our village. And they apply for a water well. And the cycle of poverty is broken and reversed into one of economic empowerment. So you understand this is literally life-saving, life-changing work, taking Jesus at his word. So, so understand, our, our partners in Rwanda, they're so grateful, but they're like, we, they want our help. They know the impact that you guys have had in the clean water cause. Since 2008, you guys have now, we have sent over 350 water warriors to the ends of the earth. Haiti, El Salvador, Nicaragua, bringing clean water to the poorest people on the planet. And as of this date, Liquid Church has completed grand total of over 80 clean water wells in nine nations. That's incredible, guys. That's the impact you can have. We want to eradicate disease, heal the sick, and elevate health in Jesus' name. Can you see Hagar's vision? God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. We literally see thousands of wells saturating Rwanda in the years to come. Are you guys ready to make history in Rwanda? We want to make history, guys. And to me, I think it's just like God to make history in this tiny nation. It's all about the size of Maryland. As you guys might remember, Rwanda has a dark and violent past. How many of you saw the movie Hotel Rwanda. You ever see that? You may remember in 1994, Rwanda went through a horrific genocide that killed one million people in 100 days. Three months, million people. It was tribal warfare. Radical militants from the Hutu tribe slaughtered 70% of the Tutsi population in a most barbaric way. They don't have machine guns. They used machetes. 
to maim, mutilate, and murder their neighbors. Neighbors massacred neighbors. Some Hutu husbands were forced to kill their Tutsi wives. Unspeakable atrocity. One million people died in 100 days, and the world did nothing about it. The United Nations did nothing. The United States did nothing. We stood by and watched the horror unfold. That was 1994. Looking back 23 years later, Kofi Annan, who was UN Secretary General at the time during the genocide, said this, we will not deny that in their greatest hour of need, the world failed the people of Rwanda. Guys, we cannot fail them again. The genocide in 1994 left that country in tatters, which makes their miraculous turnaround today all the more remarkable. Listen to this. 23 years later, Rwanda is now the number one safest country on the continent of Africa. We were blown away. Their capital city, Kigali, is cleaner than New York City. Now, I understand that's not a very high bar. Okay, I get that. I get it. All right? But there's been a social and economic transformation as Rwanda has embraced a democratic government led by President Kagame. He has openly embraced the Christian church as the source of healing after the genocide. And he's embraced the Western market. He's very pro-West. Rwanda has the youngest population in Africa because of the genocide. 50% are under the age of 21. And kids are required now to learn English because they say it is the language of international business. They've embraced open democracy, free markets and education for the next generation. Now, don't get me wrong. Rwanda is still dirt poor. 90% subsist on, on farming, but they have embraced this journey of reconciliation that the church has initiated. It has stabilized the nation for a new generation. Instead of staying trapped, and you know how this goes, the cycle of violence and revenge, the people have chosen the path of peace and forgiveness, the way of Jesus. And this is the coolest part. This this is where the coffee comes in. Did you have some coffee today? Coffee is Rwanda's number one export, and we had a chance to visit a coffee farm on Ruli Mountain. It's operated by a, coffee, a company called Land of a Thousand Hills. They've got a great motto, drink coffee, do good. And let, Yeah, it's a good motto, right? Sums up life, drink coffee, do good. Let me show you a little picture here. It was amazing. It's a beautiful plantation. It's absolutely stunning. That's Ruli Mountain, acres and acres of coffee plants in the rich red soil of Rwanda's hillsides. This is where the local farmers come and harvest the beans and they sort them and wash them and clean them. It produces this bold, bright taste. But they have a gospel mission. They said, this isn't just coffee. It's not just good coffee. We want to do good with the coffee. And the mission of Land of a Thousand Hills is to bring healing and reconciliation to the people of Rwanda through fair trade. It's run by Jonathan Golden. He's an Anglican pastor who started Land of a Thousand Hills to help Rwandan farmers earn a sustainable wage from the genocide. And here's the cool part. The coffee they produce, it's, it's delicious. In fact, you guys want a sample? You guys want a taste? Uh, can we get our baristas from the Clean Water Cafe? We're gonna bring them live in the service. You want some coffee in the service? Let's bring coffee in a church. Come on down. We're gonna pass out some samples right now. It doesn't have all the, you know, pumpkin spice creamer. This is just black coffee. We want to give you a little sample, a little taste in the service. And if you don't get one, it's okay. We're giving it away for free. Just get a full cup after the service. But we wanted you to taste that because this is not ordinary coffee. Here's, let me tell you what you're about to drink, okay? The people who farm this coffee are survivors of the Rwandan genocide. This is a picture of the people who picked your coffee today. 
Half of them are survivors of the genocide. Half of them are the perpetrators. Rwanda could not hold in their prisons all the people who committed the genocide. And so truth and reconciliation, they said, you know what? We're going to have work out our differences through the job market. And Land of a Thousand Hills has farmers who grow it and perpetrators who harvest it. And together they they work in the garden and experience healing and reconciliation. I mean, I, I want you to imagine this. God forbid someone ever harmed your family or murdered your children. Could, could you ever face them, let, let alone work alongside of them and actually forgive them? This is the miracle of Jesus happening in Rwanda through clean water and good coffee. Watch this. 17 years ago, this world, and Rwanda in particular, experienced one of the worst tragedies ever. Over one million people were killed in 100 days, and for the most part, the world sat and watched it. After the Holocaust, we said never again. And guess what, in 1994, we sat and watched another Holocaust take place. A lot of people afterwards wondered what they could do, wondered how they could make a difference. The world started looking towards Rwanda. And what we found was this little tiny country about the size of the state of Maryland started to rise from the ashes. Today, folks are reconciling, continue to be reconciled as they work together in the coffee gardens. They've learned to forgive each other, even though one murdered the other's family. And when I asked them how the reconciliation process was going, they said they still have problems, but they work it out in the garden. Is that amazing? That's an amazing story. The power of Christ-centered forgiveness and reconciliation. Guys, this is where our vision for the Clean Water Cafe was birthed, literally on Ruli Mountain, 
We realize Rwanda is rising and we have this, this chance to support our brothers and sisters in their journey to recovery and reconciliation as a nation. See, we're trying to put two and two together. You guys get this. You can't have good coffee without clean water. And the Clean Water Cafe is our way of bringing these two passions together. So here's what we're going to do. From every Sunday this day forward, we are going to provide a great cup of coffee for our guests. It's 100% free. We're not going to charge anybody at the cafe, but here's the twist. For every cup of coffee that a new guest drinks, our church is going to donate a dollar towards the clean water cause. It's coffee with a cause. In other words, you guys drink this, they get this. So now you can have your addiction guilt-free. Look at that, huh? <laughs> drink coffee, do good. Now, yeah, okay, yeah, praise God, right? Blessed and highly caffeinated. Amen, absolutely. Now understand, it, it's your generosity that allows us to do this. For instance, we purchased this 40-pound bag of Ruli Mountain coffee for this weekend, okay? But check this out, this bag that we bought, this provides four months of living wages for a farmer and his family in Rwanda. So it is sustainable coffee that elevates the local growers and farmers. We want all of our guests to know about this, so we're putting the Clean Water Cafe in the front of every liquid campus. We're actually launching them today at all of our campuses. And the goal really is as people come in, they're just welcomed by, by baristas and Clean Water Cafe aprons. They take a look around, they get a cup of premium coffee, and we say, hey, we're just, because you came to church, guess what? Some kid in Rwanda is getting clean water today. And we're looking for volunteers, guys. We want people to help serve, to wait tables, mix coffee. So if you have a heart to serve, you've got a heart for the nations, just sign up and we'll get you an apron. We'll get you serving next Sunday. Because we want to raise awareness and have a long-term impact. And guys, you are literally changing the world. And this is very humbling. But to date, the people of Liquid Church, you guys, have now donated over $2.8 million to clean water. Thousands of thirsty kids around the globe. It's incredible, guys. Some of you have not just given. Many of you have gone. In fact, if you go and talk to the volunteers in the cafe, a lot of them have been on water trips to Rwanda, Nicaragua, and the nation, so you ask them about it. Or better yet, go there yourself. Take a clean water trip in 2018. Last detail of the day before you send you out to drink some free coffee. If you're like, man, I'm inspired. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, yes, I want to give. I want to pray. I wanna, but I also want to go. I want to get dirty and drill a well. Guess what? You're going to have three chances in 2018. I'm going to invite Kristen Hosen, our director of outreach at Liquid, to come on up and tell us about the three water trips in 2018. Yeah, give her a hand. Give Kristen a hand. This is super cool. Does an amazing job. And Kristen, we have three trips, kind of like beginner, intermediate, and then advanced. Tell exactly. us about it. Yes, and so I'm so excited about our 2018 clean water trips. We are going to be kicking it off this February, returning to Nicaragua. And you guys, we planned this over President's Weekend. And so if you have a young adult, 14 and older, parents, this is an awesome opportunity to get out of your seats, to go to the nations, and to bring clean water in Jesus' name. This is a trip that Colleen and I took with our daughter when she was 14 years old because we think it's important that kids and their parents serve together so you can catch a global heart for the poor. And that's in February. That's kind of like the beginner level if you've never been on a trip. Yes. What's the next step? All right, so then this summer in August, we're going to be returning to El Salvador. This is what we consider our intermediate trip. I was sharing with Pastor Tim, but this is kind of like the 5K of our, of our clean water trips. <laughs> okay. So the distance is a little bit further to the, to the villages, as well as a little more taxing on your body. But it's a great opportunity to go serve those in El Salvador. This is in August, and so like, again, if you have summer break or vacation, you can plan. But then if you want to go from 5K to what is it, like CrossFit, like so Ironman? Like Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Rwanda. Tell yes, us about so that. Yes, we're returning to the land of a thousand hills in September, led by Pastor John Cords in Somerset. And Somerset County. Let's hear it for them. Yes. Somerset County, you guys. Awesome. And so as Tim and I have said, this is really the Ironman. The travel is extensive. Uh, food and water are scarce for the team on site and respect for the culture there. And so this is, we're really looking for those that have had some experience um, and love to travel, flexible and willing spirit to serve. So three trips, guys, three opportunities, winter, summer, fall. If people are interested, how do they find out more? Sure. You want to go to liquidchurch.com slash clean water. You'll be able to apply there and then we'll start processing applications in mid-December. You can also stop by the clean water cafe today when we let you go in just a couple of minutes can we thank Kristen and her entire water team they do an amazing job guys you know when I think about that little boy in Genesis named Ishmael right little boy dying of thirst and his mother cried out and who heard God God heard his cry and provided a water well for that thirsty child you know what God still hears their cry today but now he answers that cry through you and me. Guys, this is global kingdom work. This is Jesus' work at its best. And from my heart to yours, I can't thank you enough for your faith, for your generosity, your heart for our neighbors, both here in New Jersey and to the ends of the earth. You know, growing up, I always wanted to be part of a, a church that was literally changing the world. And guys, you are. You are. So thank you for your heart, your generosity, and I hope some of you will go and you'll find God's deepest pleasure as you meet the world's deep needs. That's what a calling is. So we want to pray and commit this calling, this cause to the Lord, and then we're going to drink some good coffee together. Sound good? Let's stand up for prayer. Would you stand with me, all of our campuses? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for um, your word. It's a light to our feet. We can see God. We can see your heart for the nations beginning all the way back in Genesis. And Father God, it was you who so loved this world that you gave your little boy, you gave Jesus, not to condemn the world, but so that this world through him might be saved. And Father, those of us who have trusted in Jesus are now filled with his spirit, and so we have the same compassion and impulse. And so Father God, even as today, we dedicate this coming year to you. We dedicate this cause. Father God, may people not remember the name Liquid, but see Jesus more clearly because of the sacrifice of your people. Father, as we get on planes and fly out of Newark to Nicaragua and El Salvador and Rwanda next year, as we welcome new guests and drink good coffee and tell about the story of the thirsty, we pray that we bring pleasure to your heart. Jesus, we know that everything, all of history is culminating in the renewal of all things. Thank you for letting us be part of the healing of the nations. We commit this to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen. amen. Can we thank our water teams?